Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Fantasy, best friends forever. Hour number two, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Greg Sussman, Chris Ventra. And filling in for Frank Stample for hour two, my good buddy. It is Jim Day. What up, Jim? Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me on today. It's, uh, looking forward to having some fun. Absolutely. Yeah, Taz. We're the fantasy Taz. Jim Day is back. And we were here to talk about uh, we were here to talk about the Combine. We got some breaking football news, man. Yeah, I heard uh, Jason Witten said, you know what? I'd rather get hit by those big, strong guys than try and talk on TV anymore. Even my kids were making fun of me. Pretty much. Jay. Were they? <laughs> it's an expression. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jason, <laughs> I would like to find out. Jason Witten officially back with the Cowboys. It'll be interesting to see, obviously, uh, who goes into the booth. But uh, will Jason Witten, Jim, have fantasy value next year? Oh, heck, anybody would, you know, his talent, even older and probably a little slower, he still has so much intelligence, knows the the league so well. Absolutely, he'll have value. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jason Witten, it's a great tweet from a man, Sean Morash over at CBS. Uh, Witten just caught nine balls and 145 yards, two touchdowns against the Giants just now. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of how it feels. All he had to do... All they had to do was return, and he already had that amazing game against the Giants. Jason Witten's back, which is obviously the big story of the day and the big story this week. But out of the combine, Jim, which is where I want to start, is obviously at the most important position, guys, and that's the quarterback position. The number one story before Jason Witten was Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. Was Kyler Murray coming in, and what would he measure? Would he be 5'9"? Would he get there? That's what the over-under was said. How big was his hands? What were we going to do? How, how tall was he? What did he weigh? This is crazy, yeah. It's, I mean, it's absurd. It's absurd. Sorry. Ultimately, Kyler Murray weighed in at like 240, or I'm sorry, 205, excuse me. 205 he weighed in after playing much of the year at 185. He ultimately, his height was over 5'9", closer to 5'10". Actually, Ky- over 5'10", and actually, I got the weight at 207. 207, you see. I saw it at 205. How about that? So he gained 22, what did he gain, 22 pounds in... How long? A month? A couple months, yeah. A couple months? I don't think that's possible unless you're doing a crazy workout regimen. You know what I mean? Uh, it's called McDonald's. I'm sure he was. It's called McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's, there you go. McDonald's will make sure you weigh what you need to weigh. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, in all, in all seriousness, in all seriousness <laughs> what does, what does, um, what does those metrics, those measurements do to Kyler Murray's draft status? Oh, of course. It elevates it again. You know, right now, really what it does is it plays right into Arizona's hands. Um, you know, there's a lot of speculation. Arizona wants to take Kyler Murray and, and, you know, trade Josh Rosen. You know, there's still a lot of people out there in the industry that, you know, draft 
you know, that scout these drafts that know more than I do, that I trust, that still say Kyler Murray would have been fifth or sixth quarterback last year, which means he would have been under Josh Rosen. Um, so really plays into Arizona's hands because they're saying, well, look, everybody, oh, Josh Rosen is our quarterback for now, is a perfect line because everybody out there is jumping, jumping, trying to figure out if they're going to go for Murray or not, which really makes his number one pick a big, big thing this year because you could see lots of people trying to line up and take that spot away and give away the mountain for it if they think Kyler Murray is going to be the next pick big thing and these measurements just played right into Arizona's hands yeah I, I mean they, they just have it all sitting there for him right now everybody you know jumping up and down for Kyler Murray up you know and him sitting there and the numbers come up better than expected man people are going to be going nuts over that pick and that what's what's really interesting is and you, and you alluded to it Jim that Kyler Murray despite being arguably ranked the first quarterback on the board this year and Dwayne Haskins, who we'll get into a second, the second quarterback on the board this year, they'd be behind all these guys, Chris, if it was last year. Behind Darnold, behind Allen, yep. behind Mayfield, behind Rosen. That's where Kyler Murray and, De- and um, Dwayne Haskins supposedly come in. Do I don't really? like Haskins. No. I don't like Haskins at all. Why not? I, I really hope the Giants don't take him. Because, you know, you talk about... Eli Manning not being able to move behind the pocket. Why are you going to bring in another quarterback that's even worse than he is? He has no foot movement whatsoever. If his pocket collapses or if he has to move, he is worse than Eli Manning at it. And I can't say that enough. I've watched his feet a lot over the last week, and it's amazing to me. I I thought he would be a good quarterback, somebody I could get behind. But after really watching him, man, I don't like him. I I really hope the Giants don't draft him. Really, I can't see anybody being slower than Eli Manning. With I don't know feet. about that, Jim. Oh, yeah. He, oh, I, look, go go watch some tape on him and watch his feet. If the pocket collapses anywhere near him, he is lost. Done like that. I I, I pictured him more like a like a runner, like a Winston more. No, no, you he know? doesn't. He doesn't move at all. <laughs> mm. He is he is a pure pocket passer that doesn't like to move. But, but I mean, like, that is scary. He has, more mo- he has more mobility than Eli. Yeah. Can we be very clear about this? Yeah. He can no, move no, around no, the pocket. I, I, go back and watch the video, guys. I'm telling it you. It looks like it, it, maybe. I mean, because he's big, you know, and everything. Go back and look at Eli when Eli was that age, and oh, Eli sure. moved better than Haskins does. That makes sense. No, it that does was, not. Well, no. Wait, it, no, Eli actually, was a statue 20, well, 10 Eli, years ago. Eli, Eli Manning has always been a pocket passer statue, but Eli obviously had more athleticism and mobility when he's younger as opposed to when he's older. But old Eli, I'm pretty sure, cannot run much quicker uh, than... Eli, wait, wait. Now, before you say that, Eli, the second half of last season, had a much better half of the season because he was moving out of the pocket and did very well at it. Imagine so, you just before have somebody... you say that... I don't think that's because I, I don't think anybody expected that. <laughs> I don't think anybody expected him to run. So no, I'm telling you, I, I don't like Haskins. I, man, if the Giants draft Haskins, I'm done. I'm going to become a dad. That's who it looks like everybody's saying that they want because the Giants are very traditional and conservative. And uh, like, they'd be stupid once again. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Listen, I don't like the Giants' philosophy of that. Like, it, well, because the guy's short, he can't be a good quarterback. Look at Russell Wilson. So then Kyler Murray's the guy. I don't He's know. He's the guy this year. Hey, if the Giants drafted Kyler Murray, I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would over Hask- I don't like Haskins at all. I, I think he's going to be a terrible quarterback. I don't even think he's going to be a starter in this league. He's going to be a backup. Wow. I mean, I, listen, I don't know. I, I don't really want either, but like, I wouldn't be upset if they took Murray. I wouldn't. 
I, I guess I wouldn't be upset if they took Haskins either because I honestly just want to see more of these guys. I want to see them in the NFL. It's a whole different animal than college football. Uh, obviously, they both did extremely well in college. This is why they're the top two quarterbacks going. But what you said it before was interesting. Would Murray and Haskins go after all the quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round last year? That's the rumor. I don't know. I feel like Murray would get drafted ahead of Rosen and maybe even Allen. I don't think he would have, man. No, no, I don't think so either. Mm. Allen has the raw talent, so. Yeah, so does Rosen. It just that offense just didn't come together in any way, shape, or form. Can look, we we put all of it on Rosen, but we really can't. The offensive line was terrible. The offensive, you know, system was terrible for most of the year. Um, so we can't put it all on Rosen. So you know, again, most people that I respect are saying that Rosen is better than the draft class coming out now. Uh, and like I said, they put a lot more time and effort into this than I do. So I have to, you know, believe them. What do, you think, what, do you, what do you think, Jim, the odds are ultimately that Josh Rosen is not a member of the Arizona Cardinals? Would you take that bet? No, I, I, I think he is. I think he's going to be their starting quarterback because they're going to turn this number one pick into a, 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 a just a massive yeah. <laughs> payment uh, because somebody's going to want to pay for that pick. Somebody wants that quarterback badly, and Arizona's just sitting on the goal mine. Yeah. I, I think they're going to stick with Rosen, and I absolutely think that they're going to turn this into, you know, either two number ones or number one and a couple number twos and, you know, other things involved. I yeah. think they're going to get a massive payout for that number one. Uh, kudos to Arizona front office because, honestly, they're doing a really good job of really boosting up this Murray, you know, uh, Speculation. Yeah, and, you know, just making it just a guy that's just, you know, going up the board. Now, obviously, this helps uh, boost his his speculation as well. Like, you know, if it wasn't for all this, we wouldn't be talking. about It's all hype. Hype is what pushes people up the board. And uh, he, I don't really think he should be a top 10 pick. But he's going to be because of all this hype. And Arizona is going to make out on this and end up changing their Maybe their franchise around because of it, because they're going to end up keeping Rosen. I, I agree with that. And they're going to end up getting a lot of draft picks for that first round pick. And somebody's going to, you know, take the bait, take, you know, make the trade with Arizona, go to the first round and take Kyle Murray. I, I think that's going to happen at this point. The hype, and it's keep coming. The hype train's still coming. It's, it's getting, gaining momentum after every day, after this combine news with him being 5'10", gaining more momentum. So once the, you know, actual draft comes, forget about it. He's going to be the number one pick overall. I, I don't see any way around it. You're, they're hyping it so much that it's insane. Maybe maybe not number one, maybe a little after, but like Arizona is the team that's, you know, that basically threw out this bait that said, oh, uh, we'll take Mario uh, one overall and, you know, get every, everyone interested now trading with Arizona and all this stuff. I, I don't know. I think that he's getting way overhyped at this point. Way overhyped. Jason Witten, by the way, making $5 million for the Cowboys this season. A lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah. $5 million. <laughs> Yeah. And he doesn't have to have a microphone in his face. Yeah, he yeah. probably won't even let him mic him up during a game. <laughs> I bet they have been able that. <laughs> He's going to do a lot of blocking. This year. Right I, after the next seven, after the next six minutes or so, we'll, we'll stay off the Giants. But the Giants are part of the story because you're looking at people who are going to take a Dwayne Haskins, who's going to take a Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. and a lot of these teams do try to be cryptic because they're smart. The Giants have always had, played very open-handed. Every single year, like you know who the Giants want going into the yeah. draft every single year, which mm. is part of the problem with Jerry Reese. And now, um, Dave Gettleman's honesty, while great for us as fantasy players um, and as Giants fans, mm-hmm. but in general, this openness is not really great. But Dave Gettleman right. yesterday 
at the Combine said, yeah, I really like the Kansas City model. That, that really works. And you need to draft the quarterback in the first round. And while we won't force one, like, I really like the quarterbacks this year. And you're like, all right, the Giants are absolutely doing this, aren't we? Wait, wait, wait. So he said Kansas City model? He loves the Kansas City model, he said. So does that mean Kyler Murray? Well, it means a quarterback. It means a quarterback, but, like, Mahomes is, a little, is mobile. He didn't mean Mahomes. He I meant, know, I know. He meant taking a Texas quarterback. Tech, yeah. sit, no, 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 no. Taking oh. a quarterback, sitting them for a year under oh, a veteran, okay. and then starting them. Oh, I, you know I love that model. Me and Jim have argued about this model multiple times on Frenzy. Uh, I like sitting, having them sit under a year. Jim says I think you know it could work just by them starting right away, and that's true. It's happened before, but I, hey, just, you know, it depends I like the on experience. The it always yeah. depends on the player. It depends some on the players, player, yeah. So, some of these guys, I mean, they've never sat in their life. You tell them they got to sit for a year, they're going to be freaking nuts. They don't yeah. want to sit. They want to be on the field. And, heck, if I got to that level at that point in my life, I would have been like, heck, no, you ain't sitting me. I want to play. <laughs> and, you know, and I would have made that clear in these interviews that he's doing today. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd be like, I want to start. I don't want to sit on the bench behind somebody else for a year. Um, it, it, just the mentality of wanting to play. That Man, I, I know it's not yeah. their control, but I'm pretty sure he'd be making that obvious. Nobody wants to sit. You know, nobody yeah. wants to sit. I mean – they want to play, obviously. But sure. Like, you know, if you're not ready and you have a veteran quarterback that could still play the game, you know, ahead of you on the depth chart, and a guy who's been a long time, like the Giants, Eli, been there for a long time, won two Super Bowls, deserves respect, doesn't deserve to, to be benched over a Kyla Murray or a Haskins. Um, so that's not going to happen in New York. You know, uh, you know Eli's going to play most of the last year for that idiot. Jets cast off. Yeah, that was just a terrible <laughs> decision. Um, but, you know, he'll probably be benched at some point in the season. I- I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he's not going to do great, uh, even if he starts off hot. And let's say we're winning games, that'll be great. Uh, but at some point, whether it's week 6, 8, 10, 12, he's going to probably get benched for Murray, uh, especially if we're having a down year again uh, and we're rebuild- going into that rebuilding stage. You know, like, sure. it's going to happen. Uh, but, you know, we could be a good team. That could happen. They, Giants, they. By the way. I love this time of year. Everybody's a good team. By the way, uh, Jason Witten, uh, this comes from Darren Ravel. Jason Witten was the 69th pick in the NFL draft, finished his career previously with 69 receiving touchdowns, mm-hmm. with a career long of 69, 69. yards. 69. Yeah. That comes, that comes from Darren Ravel. Unfortunately, wow. uh, the last God. two will go away because he'll ha- some catch Some people have him. way too much time on their hands for yeah, stats. Yeah, that's some big. <laughs> that's a Darren Ravel stat, man. <laughs> he looks for the obscure stats? He looks for, he, he looks for stats like that, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so there, there you go. That's it with the Giants um, and with Jason Witten. Uh, over the next hour or so, we're going to go over some of these top prospects. I know, Jim, you've been looking into them. We've looked at the wide receivers, the running backs, the skill position players, and, and trying to figure out um, what we know about these guys and where ultimately they'll fit, trying to project uh, what we're hearing what we see. One of the other big stories coming out of the Combine yesterday was the fact that Oakland Raiders, uh, Mike Mayock, who certainly was a draft analyst for many, many years, Mayock's come out and said, hey, Derek Carr's 28 years old. He can throw the ball deep. We're not in there for a quarterback. Chris, do you believe that? I do. I'm a Derek Carr uh, guy. I, I, I do think, for, first of all, last year he had, even though, you know, he wasn't throwing the ball deep or anything, he was doing a lot of checkdowns and stuff, but that's also based on the weapons he had. He didn't have a ton of weapons. He lost Cooper at one point, and they do had, a, like, a, I think a 69% completion percentage around there. Uh, so he could get it done. He, I think he's a very accurate quarterback. He doesn't have a big arm. 
He's not going to light it up with a cannon like, a, you know, Josh Allen or, or those guys. So the talent doesn't just sparkle like other guys. But he's very efficient. He's solid. He's smart. Uh, I think he's a guy that is hungry and wants to get it done. Like, the guy had no weapons. What is he supposed to do? He, he did a lot on his own, and he had a pretty, pretty damn good year. I think this is a guy that they should hold on to and build their future with because he's, he's not old. He's in his prime. He's ready to go. Do you agree, Jim, that ultimately the Raiders keep Derek Carr and that it's the right decision? I do think they keep Derek Carr. Again, we've been talking about it. These quarterbacks on most draft boards are not even, you know, wouldn't have been top five last year. So why are you going to dump somebody like Carr, who's, you know, not the greatest quarterback, but had a decent year, even like Chris said, without the weapons around him. Um, You know, if they do get him some weapons here, sitting at that fourth pick, they could easily take, you know, one of these wide receivers, whichever one is higher on their board, and everybody seems to be really up and down on these receivers. Uh, who who's the top and who's not? Yeah. Uh, so many different you know variations on that going forward. So who's ever on the top of their board might be sitting there. Well, definitely going to be sitting there at four, but it might even be sitting there a little later. That's why I think we're going to see some craziness at the top of this first round. A lot of trades. Draft. Um, right. The the only team I don't think is going to trade out is San Francisco. Because I think they're looking at Nick Bosa and they're saying, "Wow, we need him. We want him." I know our, you know, defensive line isn't isn't the worst, but back here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they are able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. Game time decisions. We're talking about baseball, like people are sort of negative, like, oh, baseball has this problem and that problem. But the fact is, they're in the news every day just because of Bryce Harper and before because of Manny Machado. And I brought up college football. You remember the old days, Mark? But it's good for sports business. It's good for the bar business. It's good for anybody that follows sports because we all have an opinion on the sport. The guy said talking about it, aren't you? And that's exactly the business that we're in. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network.
right, there you go. Back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And let's give you the schedule here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for the rest of the day. Because we're live all the time right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Coming up next, Scout Fantasy, Ronis, Dr. Roto. They'll have you covered each and every, as they do each and every day, I should say. Giving you the best uh, in fantasy baseball and, of course, fantasy basketball the night of. Six games uh, on the NBA slate tonight. 4 to 7 p.m. tonight, game time decisions. Cam and Gabe will have you covered there. You'll hear a lot of NBA talk. I'm very excited to hear uh, their thoughts on Jason Witten returning. You know, Gabe... Gabe's probably going to give him a lot of crap for walking away from the Monday Night Football booth. At 7 o'clock tonight, you got the NBA takeaways with Welsh and Bogman. Uh, they'll get you covered. Uh, there's some NBA sound. 7.30 tonight, Dan Stratford will have the Fantasy News Desk. That's 7.30 tonight here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And our final show of the evening, 8 to 11 p.m., we have Calling the Shots with my man Keith Irizarry, uh, who I believe will have Glenn Big Baby Davis on the program tonight. Uh, so Calling the Shots with Keith Irizarry. Tomorrow morning, Make It Rain begins 6 a.m. each and every day. Joe Ranieri and Dane Martinez from 6 to 9. They always have some good guests. And then, as you know, right before us here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's 9 to 12. It's the morning after Joe Ranieri and Gabe Morenzi. We're always having fun. Uh, today, they argued uh, about Lady Gaga and Arena Shake, who is the better um, woman for Bradley Cooper. Of course, they were on the same side, but I came in and said, hey, give Lady Gaga a shot. Yeah. And obviously tomorrow, uh, Frankie, Frankie will be back tomorrow at noon. Nick Pollock will join the program from Pitchers List to go over starting pitchers as we continue our uh, fantasy baseball breakdown. Starting pitchers and relievers will take us through next week. And then we'll give you your sleepers. Uh, we'll give you guys, the hype guys, the guys you're forgetting about, the hard hit guys. We'll get you right up until draft season. We'll have some auction draft strategy. Ian Kahn will hopefully be back next week. We have a lot going on. Fantasy, best friends forever, and all of us here at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Quick tidbit about Lady Gaga. She is, I believe, full-blooded Italian and from Manhattan. I, I, knew, you knew, I knew that. You knew that? Of course. Not everybody knew that. I'm not just talking to you. I, I'm talking I can't to believe you, lo- you love that movie. She, it's a great movie, Jim. Oh, God. It was such a chick flick. Oh, my it was God. A, it was a it does movie. seem like a chick flick. I haven't seen it. Oh, God, no. <laughs> it's a great movie. I tried to watch it because I do like her and I like him, but... God, no, it was terrible. I couldn't, I've watched, couldn't I've, I've watched it. it. I've watched it twice. You've watched it twice? Oh, my God. I can't I even I saw it in the theaters with it. my mom and sister, mm-hmm. and then Judy and I bought it last week so she could, she could watch it on demand. And she saw it twice? No, Judy saw it once. Oh, okay. She wants to see it. She's a big Gaga fan. Mm-hmm. And, and, and NYU. Judy went to NYU, too. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Uh, let's get let's get new. Um, let's get back into football here, guys. Uh, Martino is chiming in and saying he's just texting me. Great movie, he says. That's what he said. Martino, it's a great movie. Martino, uh-huh. surprise, Martino, Italian. Surprised. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's get back into the combine stuff, Jim. When it comes to the wide receivers, what are we looking for? Oh, look, you, you're looking for a big, tall, wide receiver, big hands most often, and then you're looking for somebody who can make those big plays and fight for contested balls. And Jim, I you think know, right the, now, phone, the phone's ringing. Yeah. Yeah, Where's sorry. It happens to me a lot. Not much I can do about it right now. <laughs> someone's, someone's, um, someone's calling. <laughs> Someone's always it, it, they always seem to call between one and two, even when we were on the frenzy. It used to happen all the time. It makes me nuts. <laughs> um but you know, you you're looking for those big play guys, especially early. And of course, you know, that means DK Metcalf and Keel Harry, uh, maybe even Kelvin Harmon, depending on who you you know, which one you like the most. I mean, Metcalf, everybody's going nuts of him because mm-hmm. of the pictures they sent out about his his body just being so freaking nuts. Uh but you know what? 
personally, I like Harry a little bit more. I think uh, he's just better at contested catches. He's a little, he's not as stiff as Metcalf seems to be. What? How like you talk about height and you talk about big playability and you talk about hands, but those measurements do. Do they matter these teams? Like, we've seen plenty of smaller guys be very, very successful. Odell Beckham Jr. is a first-round pick. He's not exactly six feet tall. Um, Juju. I mean, Juju's not yeah, a big guy. Yeah, but his hands are huge. Speed. Speed is the other thing. So it's either, well, it's either, uh, you know, size, strength, speed are the tangibles. And then you got the intangibles, which are route running ability. Um, his, you know, basically, the person himself. I mean, a lot of these coaches, they end up meeting up, or the GMs, they meet up with uh, these players to see how they are mentally. Like, you know, mental stability is important in the NFL uh, these days. So, you know, things like that. Route running, um, hands, how good are your hands, uh, your leaping ability, your, you know, catch radius, uh, your agility. So you do the cone drills for agility. Right. Things like that. Quickness. Like, Antonio Brown isn't big, isn't super strong, fast, but he, the things that stand out. pick, too. Yeah. And that this is why, you know, things that stand out about him is gray hands, Great concentration, great route runner. You know, just all the little things, the intangibles he does at the highest level possible, which makes him an unbelievable player. Plus, he's got the speed to boot and the agility, the quickness, all that. So, he's not a big guy, though, so you don't always need a big guy. Um, but those are the things you're looking for. I think those are the things you're looking for most. See, the problem, though, and this is what I think Greg is trying to allude to, these numbers are all nice, well, and dandy, but, you know, for all the, you know, numbers – threshold numbers that they want to see. We've seen players in the past with numbers below all of those thresholds that have played great in the NFL. Mm -hmm. We've seen guys that have the numbers well over the thresholds that have sucked in the NFL. AKA Kevin so White. again, it comes down to heart. You know, a lot of the times, you know, who are these players and will they step up and perform when they get on the big field? And a lot of times, you know, these numbers aren't going to show that. Yeah, you, you, you can't predict you know, Hopefully the meetings show a little bit of that, but that's what you got to work with. Yeah. Speaking of wide receivers, Jim, who do you believe the best wide receiver in the NFL draft this season is? I like Harry. I like Harry a lot, Arizona State. I, I just, I, I think he's real fluid. He, he's got, he turns his hips nicely. He creates separation pretty quickly. I, I think this kid is going to be a dynamic number one wide receiver in the NFL. I've seen Akil Harry ranked basically first or second pretty much everywhere out of uh, Arizona State. A.J. Brown's another name out That's of That's the Ole one Miss. I was going to say, yeah. Give it to me. Why do you like A.J. Brown? Uh, obviously, you know, six foot, 226. I love that size. The measurables. Strong, the measurables. Um, you know, does everything well. Had great stats in college. I mean, of course, these things are going to be there. because you know, And they compare it to Juju Smith-Schuster, which is, you know, as you know, the thing with so the thing with Brown is we just mentioned speed and speed kills. Brown's never going to run a four four forty. I mean that, that that's just not the kind of guy he is. He's strong though, he's a big strong dude mm -hmm. that's just going to rack up yak theoretically. He's yeah, just yeah. a monster. He's going to break tackles. You know, yeah, you know he, he has quickness and all that stuff. He could separate. He could do the the intangibles as well. So, you know, you want that paired with a with, with a strong guy, a red zone target. So you you hope. You hope you're going to see a lot of touchdowns out of him, maybe even his first season. It depends on where he goes, though. So we can't even talk about that yet. You know yeah, no, of, of course. Of course. Where would be a good fit for him, though? <sighs> That's a good question. Thank you. Jim? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there, there's a lot of teams that could use that kind of help. I mean, San Francisco, we talked about them yeah. Yeah. already at the number two pick, but I just don't see them going that early for a wide receiver when there's going to see a, a lot of people out there saying that the value rounds here, rounds two to four, there's going to be some great players in rounds two to four that are going to be 
you know, quick contributors to the NFL teams. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's going to be interesting. Do they go best player available, which at number two is probably going to be Nick Bosa? Right. Um, Or do they try to go with one of these wide receivers that early? I I just don't know if they see it. But, you know, there's plenty of teams out there that could use uh, Colts, you know, help. Uh, Yeah, Colts definitely there. Baltimore, of course. But, you know, at this point, who wants to sign with Baltimore when Lamar Jackson is quarterback? Sorry, I wouldn't if I was a wide receiver. Uh, But, you know, uh, Buffalo definitely needs it. Um, You know, even Carolina could use another good, solid outside wide receiver. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's plenty of teams that have that need. Uh, Jacksonville clearly needs a number one wide receiver. Uh, New Orleans. Miami. Yeah, New Orleans. You know, there's plenty of teams out there that, are going to be looking at wide receivers, but I'm pretty sure most of them aren't going to spend first round capital on them this year. I think most of them are be looking in the two to four round region of these guys. Cause there's plenty of mid range talent in this draft. Yeah. Where are these wide receivers going? Are they going in the first round? So from what I've seen, AJ Brown is projected to go in the first round. But all these other guys, Jim's right, are mostly second to fourth rounders, kind of depending on who you like and where you like them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, from Nikhil Harry to Kelvin Harmon um, to Hakeem Butler, all these guys are second to four round, second to round four players. I think. What's interesting is if you look at some of these um, some of these rankings lists, of like the best prospects in the draft, the quarterbacks aren't very high, which is yeah. really interesting. All the skill position players. This is a big offensive and defensive line draft. Yeah. It's all the... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and the tight the end, there's a couple of really good young tight ends here, too. Yeah, I was reading this is like the best tight end draft in a long and, time. Do you yeah, think the, that's the, another reason why, though, that they're hyping up the Kyler Murray's and, you know, hyping up some of these... Like, do you think people get pulled up the board because of this? Because I feel like it hurts viewership of the draft and just, you know, the combine and all this in general because there's not an influx of talent in the skill positions. And that's, you know, those are the sexy positions. Those are the... Positions that people want to, you know, that people gravitate towards it to. Like, they don't well, actually, really know the O lineman and the D lineman as much. They'll know the, the wide receivers and the running backs. Go ahead, Jim. I, I was just going to say that the whole Murray and Haskins thing is going to build up uh, viewership on its yeah, own. Yeah, right. Exactly. Everybody's going to want to see what happens in those first five draft picks. Uh, hopefully, first drive. Five, both of them go in the first five because the Giants are at six. I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want them taking Haskins. I can't say that enough. Yeah. Um, if they, t- oh, oh God, I, I, you'll get me like Frank was when they si- signed Adam Gaze as head coach. That's how I'll be about the yeah. Giants. Um, there's pumped. so much, so many other ways they could go, uh, and I'd be much happier with than them going that. Uh, but you know, there, there's. All of this coming in together, all this talk right now, you know, Murray and Haskins, and that's going to drive viewership. Everybody wants to know what's going to happen with pick one in this draft, right. and those numbers are going to be off the charts. That's what I'm saying. I think like you know, it's getting a little overhyped because they want to drive the viewership with that, and they're using the Kyle Murray thing. It happens every year, especially a quarterback. Mm-hmm. The quarterbacks always get pushed up the draft board. Everybody says, oh, it's not a great quarterback class. These guys probably aren't even in the top 32 you know, players in right. the draft. And then and they all go in the, go the top, top 10. 10. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, the quarterback class was great last year, so they didn't even have to, like, you know, promote that. Like, you had five really good quarterbacks going. Now you had you have two. Uh, really, the one that really stands out is Murray because of all the flashiness that he brings to the table and how little he is. But I think, you know, even wide receivers get pushed up the board. I think, I don't know if it was last year, or it might have been two years ago, when three wide receivers got taken in, like, the first round, uh, the, in the top 10. 
And I don't think any of them were projected to go in the top 10. I think they just got pulled up the board, you know, because of overhype and all that It happens stuff. all the time. It happened, like John, John Ross was one of those guys. Mike Williams, I think it was the yeah, It was John Ross, Mike Williams, and Corey Davis. Davis. Corey Davis. Davis. All three yeah. got drifted in the top 10. And so far, you know, none of them besides maybe Mike Williams, because we haven't seen enough yet, no, none of them have panned really out done, yeah, in that top really 10. Enough. So guys get overhyped and they get pulled up the board. I think it's, you know, a lot of it is to, is to you know, hype up everybody. Not just the coaches and, 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 you know, the teams. Also, just people watching. People just want to see it. See where these guys get drafted. And they want them to go early. Is that no, they, they're not, they're, teams aren't drafting players no, I know that. because to get people to watch. I'm you just know, watch saying they get draft. overhyped, you know, and, and, and it, well, it pushes and that's you. that's what happens. You know, hey, hey, it's supply and demand. Mm-hmm. It's simple. It's a basic tenet of, you know, all this stuff from time's beginning. Supply and demand is huge. All of a sudden, there's not a big supply of quarterbacks. The demand is bigger than the supply. It Price is. goes way up. That is true. And we always see that. We always see that with quarterbacks. You said. I mean, you guys have been talking about it each and every year. Is a terrible quarterback draft. It's a terrible quarterback draft. It's a terrible quarterback draft. And even more so than 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 what you used to see, mm-hmm. they're going to get pulled up. They're going to go early. They're going to be players that probably should not be top 10 picks that are. Uh, Kyler Murray certainly is one of them. Dwayne Haskins maybe one of them. Uh, as soon as Justin Herbert pulled out of the draft, you're just like, oh, no, there's no good quarterbacks. And here we are with Murray and Haskins arguing, arguing back and forth if they should be the number one overall pick. Like, that's what happens um, at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. We've, we've constantly said, guys, this is a big draft for offensive linemen, for defensive linemen. Jim, you mentioned tight ends. Who's the number one tight end on the board? Ooh, I like Hawkinson. Um, I, I think he's gonna he's gonna be a prototypical, you know, big, fast tight end that creates mismatches. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, I know a lot of people have Noah Fant a little bit higher, but I, to me, I just think Hawkinson's just gonna be it. Um, you know, he's he's just got all the tools, and I think you know once he really develops that edge as a blocker as well, I don't think he's coming off the field. T.J. Hawkinson. And Noah Fant, both two very, very good tight ends. Uh, Both I can see um, going early in the draft. According to CBS Sports, uh, and in particular Chris Trapasso, he he believes that it wouldn't be a shock that if T.J. Hawkinson goes as the first skill position player off the board. That's how good he he thinks Hawk could be. Besides quarterback, right? No, I mean, he means... Even before the quarterbacks. Depending, he believes they're better. No, than the yeah, he can't be. Yeah, he can't but, be considering those quarterbacks. Yeah. they're going to go top five. Correct. So, <laughs> so let's let's say other than the quarterbacks, he, he yes. needs running backs and wide receivers. I think yeah. I think he might be you know spot on there. It looks like Carolina Panthers, where they have uh, they have the 16th pick. That looks like a good spot for Hawkinson. Potentially so. Yeah. If, if Olsen, you know, if Olsen doesn't come back, right? And, and you know, and then Fant maybe a couple a little after that. Uh, you know, Tennessee or something like that. I mean, oh, you got Buffalo that needs a tight end. Yep. Buffalo, just got rid yeah. of Charles Clay. Mm-hmm. Um, Cincinnati, look, Eifert, yeah. Uh, you know, Detroit is another one. Jacksonville, there's a lot of teams that need a good tight end. It, tight end is a tough position right now, as we saw for fantasy. Uh, once you got outside of those top three right. or four, everybody else. And, well, and when you have one, it's great. Speaking you know? of speaking of fantasy, though, like you mentioned TJ Hawkinson. We, make, we, we mentioned Noah Fant here. And these are two guys that are awesome, right? Like, Hawkinson may be the first skill position player off the board, we just said. 
But rarely does that translate to sustained success fantasy. in fantasy yep. football in year one. Now, a couple, oh, yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago, we saw it, right? Like, we saw glimpses out of O.J. Howard. Evan Ingram was a top-five tight end. So there is precedent here, and obviously you can go back to Rob Gronkowski if you'd like, but there is precedent here. Is T.J. Hawkinson, Jim, one of these players that immediately could come in? Obviously, we don't know where he'll be, but... Let's say Buffalo. Let's say one a Cincinnati. Is he one of those guys that can come in in year one and have some success in fantasy football? Like a Howard or Absolutely, England, right? I do think he does. Um, he's got that kind of talent. Uh, I absolutely expect him to be a force right from you know day one. Um, you know, he's going to – well, again, if he lands with the right team. Um, you know, if, <laughs> God forbid somebody like – Baltimore takes him. They only got 17 tight ends already, but you know, <laughs> yeah, right. something like that. But if he lands with a team that needs a tight end and, and has a decent enough offense, I think he's going to be a star. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think so too. Noah Fant. Why do you, why is he right behind Hawkinson for you? What do you like and not like about Noah Fant? It's not so much that I don't like him. I think Noah Fant is going to be good. I just, you know, I mean, we're talking about a guy who had, oh, trying to remember, like 18 touchdowns the last two years for Iowa. So not, nothing bad. Uh, he's, I think he's going to be a very good fantasy tight end and could end up being the top one in this draft. But from what I've seen and the tape I've seen of Hawkinson, I, I, I think he's got Gronk-like ability. Wow, really? Now, wait. He did have uh, 18 touchdowns. The other one had 10. Well, we'll come back after the break. But what? these guys played for the same school. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. yeah, That's right. I, yeah I, keep, I, yeah, I meant to bring that up. That how often do you ever see two touchdowns from one school? Right. Well, it's Iowa. It's Iowa, guys. This yeah, is the, this is the style That's they right. play. Yeah. yeah. Exactly that is right. true. When we come but back. The good thing is that at least they get them NFL ready in Iowa. It's true. <laughs> when we come back, who's top running back on the board this year? We'll ask George and Chris next College basketball has reached the climax of the 2019 season, and the Fantasy Sports Network has you covered for all the news and betting information for the conference tournaments leading up to the big dance. Get the latest wagering and prop bet advice every day from FNTSY's top experts and analysts as they prepare you with the best advice in bracketology. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio app in iTunes and Google Play and watch select programming in the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your home for winning big in the month of madness. It's calling the shots. You look timeless, Keith. We really don't know how old you are, man. You got one of those looks, bro. You're gonna look the exact same way the next thirty years. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's the Latin blood in me. That's what it is. You know, like I just, I, I age. My dad is aged well. You know, he's in his sixties. He, he will tell you he looks like he's in his forties. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Weekdays, eight p.m. to eleven p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. 
the morning after. Johnny Manziel is incapable of holding down a job. But Johnny Manziel will make people watch, which is the only thing no, Vince McMahon cares about. It's, oh, he's oh, he's like Cato Kalen, bro, at this point. like He's a train wreck, and everyone loves a good train no, wreck. No, it's an old, tired, done story where now it's just you feel bad for the kid. He can't play, Joe. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The Sugar Ray for you. How about that? Wow. Can you air drum the Sugar Ray, Jim? <laughs> I like Sugar Ray, actually. Really? Yeah, I do. He's got a couple yeah, of good songs. Throwback 90s. Uh, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a big... You know, uh, but he's got a couple songs I like. It's, a, it's, a, it's a group. Yeah, it's a group. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Le- a strange but group. It, it's him. Led by Mark it, McGrath. It, yeah. That's right. And it's his, it's him. <laughs> he he, he makes the group. Yeah, he man. makes the group. I always say that, right? Like if you. Just like with Matchbox 20. Right, right, right. If you change all the members of Matchbox 20 and you left Rob Thomas as the lead singer, is it still Matchbox 20? No, but it, it it's still going to be the same thing. I mean. Rob Thomas became Rob Thomas after Matchbox 20, and he still had hits, right? Sure, but he so. went back to Matchbox 20 and whatnot. But like, here's an example, right? I forget the guy's name, but the dude from Panic! at the Disco, that lead singer. Okay, yeah, whatever, yeah. Whatever his name is, I right? know that band, yep. Yeah, yeah. So they sing the song High Hopes. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. All the guys in the band, totally different than they were 10 years ago. Wait, they're all together still? So they came with a song this year, came with a new album last year. Yeah, because they ca- their last good song was a while ago right, yeah, when yeah. I was in college. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, like, ten yeah. Year, like 10 years ago, give or take, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's different, but the lead singer. Really? Yeah. Still panic at the disco. Well, because he lot. still wanted to sing. They, I guess they thought he was a good singer and we should get him with better uh, yeah. you know, partners in his band. Hey, basically, the band broke up and he's like, well, I'm still going to, I own the name, I guess. Yeah. Lawsuit type stuff. I own the name, so we're still packing the disco. But it's basically him and like background guys. Crazy it took 10 years, though. I'm, I'm exaggerating with 10 years. Like, it, sure. it is. That's a lot. It really is, though. It might be more. Well, I can look it up on Spotify if you'd like. Because I graduated gotcha. college in 20, uh, 2009. <laughs> Let's see. Holy crap, 2009. You're so freaking young. All right. <laughs> so where, alive, is there, where is there good stuff here? Like 2000, 2008 was the last good song see? possible? See, yeah. I remember being in college. I don't even know these songs. Maybe it's not 2008, dude. Let me see here. Let me try 2006, maybe? Yeah, it was around there, because I remember... Hey, as long as we talk about anything except the Dave Matthews band. Ooh. Jim, I, can, I, invited, you on this, I invited you on this program. <laughs> I, can, uh, cer- I can certainly get rid of it. Hot lava. Yeah, so there... So their big song was I Write Sins, Not Tragedy. Yes. Ah, nah, 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 nah. How would you people ever hurt? That song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2005. 2005. That's a, I knew it was around there because that was the same year that my favorite band came out with their big hit, Backcountry, Avengers Sevenfold. And I was listening to a lot of rock at that A lot time. of that kind so of So I remember all that. Well, that was more like alternative. That was not metal, really. I don't know. Pat, Panic of the Disco reminds me. like Them and like Fall Out Boy and Good like Charlotte. Punk-ish. And Good Charlotte are all yeah. the same to me. Yeah, yeah. They're all like punk rock, punk rock alternative. Yeah, exactly. Kind of not really punk, but trying to be punk in a right, way. Right, Probably can't really sing very well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, Fall Out Boy. Was, yeah. They came at the same time. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Baby, we're going down, swinging. <laughs> I actually like that song. It's a good song. Yeah. Sugar, we're going down. They played it out quick, though. They absolutely did. Okay, Jim, let's get back to the combine. That's so why can, I don't listen to radio anymore. So yeah. you can, can like that. contribute to the conversation. Um, who's the top? We, after years we've seen Ezekiel Elliott go in the top five, Todd Gurley go in the top 15, uh, Sigmund hey, Barkley go number two overall. Who's the top running back on the board this year? 
I like Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, he's just got a lot to his game. Uh, you know, exceptional runner, exceptional pass catcher. Uh, hopefully we see a little bit more out of him in the pass blocking range, but I think from what we've seen, he's good enough. Uh, I like him as the top back out of this class, except I, I still, I'm not sure he's a first round talent in the NFL draft. Uh, I think we see him going in the first. second round and, may, and he probably will go late first, mm-hmm. but you know, based on the talent we have on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the offensive line side of the ball. I, I just, in in what I'm looking at, to me, he's a second-round talent. He probably will go late first, though. Uh, but I think he's probably going to be the first running back yeah, off the board. Yeah, and probably the only one to go in the first round. I don't think he goes in the first round. Yeah. At the very I, end, maybe? I keep going to that. I keep, you know, I just, somebody's going to jump up to get him that needs a running back probably. Uh, and it may be in that, you know, end of first beginning of second round transition. Mm-hmm. I also think his injury will probably stop people um, from paying, from, from paying up for him. Right, right. Right. So ultimately there's a lot of other guys here that could be taken ahead of him because of the injury as well. Mm-hmm. Now James is awesome. And he has the ability to be awesome, no doubt, um, in the NFL. But I'm going to give you a couple other names, Jim. You let me know what you think, all right? Damian Harris. Did Jim? Are we still Jim? Jim? Yeah, no, yeah, I'm <laughs> waiting for you to give me a couple names. <laughs> Devin Singletary. Oh, you know, just so small. Uh, yep. I, I mean, slight, another slight type of guy. Um, you know, look, he did great in Conference USA. Yeah. I'm not sure really how it's going to come up. You know, I, I could see him, uh, you know, playing that role, that scat back role, that number two running back. I don't ever think he's going to be a true number one. Um, I, I just don't know if it's there for them. But I think he could be very valued as a, you know, out of the backfield, you know, scat back type on a team that has a power runner to start. So, you know, I, I think he falls there. But. Man, I, I, I would really be surprised if he gets taken before Jacobs. Yeah, no, he won't. You say no, okay. I'll give me another one. Not before Jacobs, yeah. Elijah Holyfield. Uh, you know, if, if this was boxing, he'd probably be number one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, look, this, this monster numbers, 6.4 yards a carry, uh, 4.1 yards after contact in 2018. You know, it doesn't have that big home run thing going on, but, you know, has a good – Good size to him. He could get a lot of volume in the right offense. So again, it you know, depending on where he lands, he could be one of those guys that, you know, in fantasy will go before Jacobs. But depending on where he lands. But man, I, I the more I look at it, the more Jacobs just really stands out to me yeah. as the best of these running backs. You know, there there's everybody likes uh uh drawn blank. Oh, David Montgomery. Yeah. From that's Iowa the one State, I was you say. know. That was that was up next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, another good running back. He could easily be one of those guys. Look, if a team really values him more than the Jacobs, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets drafted ahead of him. I, I just don't think he'll do as well as Jacobs in the NFL once mm-hmm. all is said and done. Jacobs is the better version of Montgomery. I feel like I feel like the, we're go now. The NFL is going towards the Alvin Kamara sure. mold. Yep, you know what I'm saying. Catch passes, do both. Be that versatile running back. Uh, and you know what's funny? They're all relatively the same size guys, too. They're like 5'10", 5'11", 215 to 220 pounds. This is what we're looking at at running backs right now. David Montgomery, 5'11", 216. 
Joshua Jacobs, 5'10", 215. Like, they're all around that size, and they're pass catchers. Those are the guys that should go first. I agree. I think it, and it, Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was just going to say, and this is where some of these combine drills will come into play. If one of these guys has, you know, a much better 40 time than the others, right. you know, that, right. that may push him up there. You know, if the three cone drill, if, if he's getting, you know, much better numbers that way, it might push him up. So this is where some of this comes into play as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Montgomery and Jacob stick out the most to me. Okay. You know, Jim, are there any, any name here that you're specifically watching to see what they do at the combine? Kyler Murray, obviously, you were waiting to see how he would weigh in. He's not going to throw. He's going to meet with teams. He's going to go um, go to the doctor, make sure there's nothing wrong with him health-wise. But he's not doing anything at the combine. Is there any player, whether we've named him, whether we've not, that you're saying, hey, I got to see what this guy does at the combine because this really could affect his draft stock? Ooh, um... Yeah, there's a few different ones that fall into that. Uh, but, you know, Debo Samuel is one for me. Um, I, you know, I really want to see what he, he does in the combine as well as his numbers. But not only that, you know, catching the ball, getting thrown to him, things like that. I want to see where he is because I, I think if he lands in the right team and becomes their top slot option, I think this kid could be a fantasy gold mine if he lands in the right place. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely somebody I, I want to watch over the next couple of days and see what kind of numbers he puts up. Uh, Benny Snell is another one from Kentucky, running back from Kentucky. Um, you know, I, I think he's a guy that if lands in the right place could end up with like a Sony Michelle type of role mm-hmm. that could be really surprising. We'd be, could be looking at a thousand yard rusher with the chance of double digit touchdowns if he lands in the right place. Uh, again, so it really depends on where some of these guys land uh, mm-hmm. based on what their numbers are put on over the next few days. So it's going to be interesting. This might be one of the first combines I really watch a lot of because there are some names here um, that I, I do want to see. Another one is Jay Sternberger, the tight end from Texas A&M. Um, you know, two, they had, what, two years at Kansas and then and then played at junior college and then exploded for 10 touchdowns uh, for Texas A&M last year. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, he needs to work on his blocking ability, but his pass catching is very strong. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the one that really I want to see it, what he does is, is uh, Riley Ridley. Sure. So Calvin Ridley's uh, well, another good name, yeah, yeah brother. Um, he's got the you know he's got the size, he's got it all. Uh, you just didn't see a ton on paper. You didn't see like the stats aren't like they're not full. You know what I mean? I want to see what his body look, what he does uh, with all these metrics in in uh, in the combine, and I also want to see what happens when he comes into the NFL because. I think, obviously, Calvin Ridley, great player right off the jump. I think, you know, R- Riley could be that same type, of, same type of guy. I think he could come in and be somebody, uh, you know, like you said, in that second to fourth round range type of guy that goes under the radar a little bit that could actually make noise right away. Uh, I think Riley Ridley, Ridley might be one of those guys. I'm also looking uh, at the other quarterbacks other than Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, like, Drew Locke Drew used to Locke. be a thing, right? Yeah. Like, Drew Locke was a, was a big-time thing. I want to see what he can do. I want to see if Jake Browning, if there's anything there with him as well. Those are two guys that, like, all right, I know they're throwing his shorts and a T-shirt. I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm kind of interested. I'm yeah. kind of interested in the deep ball and how accurate they are, you know? Yeah. I'm accurate. I, I want to know how fast they are. And you know what, Jim? I want to know how fast Dwayne Haskins is in the 40. Yeah. I Now I do. be pretty slow. Sure. <laughs> Over or under 4'8"? Uh, it, it definitely over. I'll take the under. What do you want? Oh. What do you want to bet on it? 
Uh, bet you a six pack. All right, you got to deal. Hold on, I'm gonna actually look up to see if he has a forty time already. Well, I should probably look that up before I bet too. Yeah, me too. Well, it's a prop bet actually. <laughs> they have a prop bet. What for is it? it? I'm looking for it right now. Hold on. Hey, they have the prop bet. What is it? Yeah, NFL <laughs> combine prop bets, forty yard dash and vertical jump. Yeah, um, I don't care about the jump. Will yeah. Dwayne Hoskins run the forty yard dash and under over under four point eight seconds? All right, so I was right, Jim. You were on four there. Eight, you go. Four eight is the number. Under over four eight is minus one fifteen. Under four eight is minus one fifteen. So pretty even odds there. <laughs> well, there you go. Can't ask for a better. Bet I would take. Then. I would right take the there. under. I'm taking the. I'm I would take the under. under. Yeah, you're with me. I think he'll go faster than that. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's I not. That that's not a bad number for a quarterback. Not at all. For yeah, for a pocket passer, that ain't bad. But it, but it's okay. so so other names that are around that right, like Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger. He's not Cam Newton. I'm never claiming him to be Cam no, Newton no, no. or Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. He's not that. He's not even Aaron Rodgers. But if you could be Ben Roethlisberger or you could be Matt Stafford, and Matt Ryan, yeah, have pretty successful careers. No. Yeah, yeah. He might be a little faster than those guys. I don't know. Stafford could run. Uh, we'll find know. out. We're gonna find out. We'll see. I think the only quarterback that in two years we're going to be talking about as a starter out of this year's draft is going to be Murray. All the rest of these guys are going to be lifelong backups. I am interested in Will Greer, though. When you, uh, I want to West know about Virginia. Will Greer, too. Will Greer's sure. the guy that interests me, for I want, sure. I have no interest in drafting Will Greer there. I watched enough West Virginia games. He's incredibly inaccurate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let's see how he yes. grows. Like, and I you, like can't teach, you can't teach accuracy. accuracy. You know, and you know who is the same way, yeah, by the way? You can't teach accuracy. No, you I disagree cannot. with that. No, uh-uh. How come? Wait, that makes no, no sense. No way. You can't, teach, you can't really teach arm strength and you can't really teach speed. You can teach accuracy. How could you, you not teach, teach accuracy? You can't teach accuracy. Accuracy is an innate ability. That's it's, not true. You, you either throw the ball to the right place or you don't. I don't. I disagree with that. Listen, you could learn to be more accurate with practice. I mean, everybody's inaccurate when they're young. They eventually learn and practice and become more accurate over time. Yeah, There's but been quarterbacks that, that have been more accurate. That, they're still not doing it. There's NFL quarterbacks that have go, grown more accurate over time. What Michael Vick? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that do that. You can't teach arm strength. That you can't teach. You can build you up. Teach, you, you can build up arm you strength. You can build it up a little bit. There's a there's a, a capacity though. Like if you're a guy with a cannon, you just have a cannon. And there's certain guys that just will never get to that cannon level. Like they could build it up a little bit, but it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like Dallas Keuchel, he's not throwing more than 90 miles per hour. It's just not happening. I mean, Charlie Morton did it though. Actually. <laughs> That's interesting. Charlie Morton actually went from throwing like low 90s to mid 90s. In his late career, How did we but get the back to talking baseball. I don't know. I love baseball. I'm sorry. I just but ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, I agree with Jim. Accuracy cannot be taught, and you see a lot of these guys come in the league that are incredibly inaccurate, and they're just ultimately never successful. Um, Josh Allen was very inaccurate. I'm hoping that turns around because I like Josh Allen. He's got arm strength. He's got speed. Right? right. If he can get more accurate, he's gonna be a big time quarterback in this league. But then We're you wouldn't believe in him if you if you don't think you could teach accuracy. I want to see it. I want to see it. That's the question. So the, the guy that, when you talk about accuracy in this draft, yeah, I mentioned Will Greer. But Daniel Jones is the guy from Duke who is, cannot complete 60% of his passes. Like, that's that's an issue bad. Yeah, that's real low. That, 59 point that, something. 59 is real low. You don't want that in college, especially. Correct. You know, Correct. Yeah, like, you, you want to look at accuracy in the NFL, and I'm sorry to do this again with the Giants, but like Eli Manning has seen his accuracy go up with Pat Shermer because they're having him throw different passes than he did forever under Kevin Gilbride and Tom Coughlin, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he was a downfield passer, and that was the kind of offense he ran. Timing. When he brought in Ben McAdoo and then later Pat Shermer, Eli Manning threw quicker passes 
uh, more screen passes, more dump off passes, more West Coast style. So his accuracy went up, right? right like right. that that is how you fix accuracy, changing the type Short of passes. passes. <laughs> Correct. That's how you change the accuracy numbers. But a guy like Daniel Jones, who played in a pro style system, throwing under six percent of the passes, you cannot teach that, and that's why I don't believe Daniel Jones will be a good NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. Well, I'm a, Will Greer threw sixty seven percent. He was sixty seven percent. Issue. See now, I, I got to tell That's you, not I, bad. That's I, I not totally bad. disagree. I, I think, I, I think he has a Jones has a really, really good chance to be a great quarterback. But you hate, but you a, believe in the accuracy, don't you? Ah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. In the AAF. How so your, if the AAF is still around next year, how is your AAF team going, Jim? Actually, I'm in the lead, <laughs> or tied with the lead, I should say, That's with cool. A Stone. Him and I are tied for the lead. A couple of teams haven't even put in lineups at all yet. <laughs> it's crazy. I've kind of lost. I'll be honest. I've pretty much lost uh, interest interest in the league. I, I did too. I mean, they should have given these offenses more time to come together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you got bad offenses on the field, it just takes the whole game down. Uh, and that's what we've been seeing a lot of. A couple of teams have some good offenses, but the rest of the teams have no clue what they're doing. The fact that Christian Hackenberg's still on the field half oh, the time man. is yeah. just nuts. The fact that everybody's raving about Trent Richardson and his 2.5 <laughs> yards per carry Raven. in that league is amazing to me. These are the guys you're, you're pinning names on? Come on. Um, and, and the fact that half the time you don't know what channel they're going to be on and, and stuff that, like that. So that's a big uh, issue. I've, I've already lost interest. So that I've lost interest too because if you if I want to sit down on a Sunday, yeah. I don't want to have to find it. No, no. I want to know that it's going to be on this channel and this time. Like, you know the NFL. Every Sunday. Yeah. Every, or if it's Saturday, that's fine too. Whatever it is, yeah, yeah. But I need to know that at Saturday or Sunday at 1 o'clock or 5 o'clock, whatever it is, yeah. it's got to be on the same channel. Right. You can't bring me to CBS Sports Network, then Bleacher Report, then NFL Network, then CBS. Yeah, yeah. I can't do that. That's messy. No, you can't. And that's one thing I hope, X, I hope the XFL learns. that they're signing, I, I read they're signing deals with Fox or ABC, which is ESPN. Like, if you're going to put certain games on ESPN2 every Sunday, great. Mm-hmm. You put games on FS1 every Sunday, fine. I don't want to search around. Right. It's got to be consistent. I want to thank Dr. Ray for joining us. I want to thank Jim Day, Fantasy Taz, for hopping back in it. We appreciate Jim. Appreciate you always. We'll talk to you yes. soon. Man. Thanks for having Good me on, speak guys. To you. For Chris Ventra, for Chris Pavona, I am Greg Sussman. Back again tomorrow with Frank Stanfield going to starting pitches. Have a fantastic rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow. We hope. We hope.